Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. How much should you spend on marketing? Many companies struggle with the path to sustainable growth and success and trying to figure out marketing budgets. So today, I've invited a marketing veteran right here to Money and Me to help us with all these questions. She's the author of a new book. It's called Not a Marketing Textbook and it details a roadmap to practical, actionable building blocks for businesses. She's a seasoned practitioner, former CMO for Honest Bee. Uh, she's held strategic marketing roles as well with leading retailer NTUC Fairprice. Christina Lim is author of Not a Marketing Textbook. Love the title, Christina. Good morning. Good morning, Michelle. Why did you want to make sure that this book isn't confused with a marketing textbook? I actually had a lot of conversations <laughs> with startups in, in the last couple of years. And so this book was inspired by those conversations. And I've realized that a lot of them, uh, even though they've got great ideas for products and business, they may not be trained in marketing and and that is a phenomenon that I do observe in the market, which mm-hmm. is everybody is trying to copy everyone. Everybody tries to ca- do catching up. Right. Um, and they get lost in all of this complexity of jargons and, and concepts. Mm-hmm. So um, in my conversations, I try to make it really, really easy for them. And I do enjoy the process because it, it is about making this whole wisdom and knowledge accessible. And that's why when I wrote this book, it was intended to be really unlike a textbook. It's like untextbooking, you know. As untextbook as you can get. I like that. Now tell me, you mentioned conversations with startups, but everybody, even the small business owner, the wannabe influencer, may be struggling with marketing, which is, you know, how do you get word of your business out there? So who is this book for? So this book is, even though it was um, inspired by startup, it's not just only for startup. It mm-hmm. is for any new business, anyone who's um, in their small and middle business owners, even marketers. Um, in fact, um, quite a number of my, uh, well, majorities of my buyers um, for the books are, are people who are from startups, founders, as well as small business. And in fact, when the book was launched, uh, it's called number one in new release you know, on Amazon US under Kindle. For the categories of marketing for small business, well, so congrats. this is something um, I think will be useful for um, this group of people. Small businesses, okay. So, how can any reader? What sort of transformation can they expect from picking up this book? I think what I've done is really provided quite a number of um, building blocks in terms of the different areas that people do struggle with, hmm. and those were basically picked up from my learning over the years uh, in terms of the top key concerns that marketers have concerns that startup founders do struggle with and actually converted that into um, this, this basically piles this uh, stacks of information that I'm sharing. In fact, this book was an extension um, from the, the really for market masterclass that I've conducted for startup founders under um, the, the umbrella of SNU Institute of Innovations and Entrepreneurship. You know, the book starts with a pretty interesting preface. I enjoyed that. Um, And I picked something up from there that I think might help everybody. It actually goes beyond marketing. What is your secret, Christina, to getting people in a group setting or everyone at a table at a meeting to speak up? It's just maybe I think what I was first inspired when I get really, really good stories. In fact, when I first started my career, before I started my career, I actually walked into a presentation by an advertising agency and they told really, really good stories through a campaign. 
And I think, you know, to get people's attention, you need to make the connections, you need to find common ground um, in terms of really the values that share between both yourself and your receivers. It's the same thing for brands and for customers, for companies and their partners. So it is about finding a really good common ground and telling a darn good stories. So that's the secret of getting people to speak up at a meeting and around the table, listening to their stories. Is that yes, it? Yes, correct. Start, start by showing interest really in their stories and then basically, you know, building a connection from there. All right. Now share a little about the sort of valuable lessons that you picked up because in this book you do talk about some great courses, one to three day courses that you jump into because you're trying to get these lessons about marketing. Can you share a little of the valuable lessons that you picked up from these events or these courses that in some way inspired the ideas in this book? Um, so the courses that I have actually gone through are mostly basically I think um, conversation, presentation, or sharing my experience people, and I actually picked up from those experiences. Because what I really find is in every story, there are always some key um, core uh, principles that they do share, and those principles are usually evergreens. And the key is then really looking at how we can apply those principles across all. Um, some of the course, I actually do, do conduct some courses myself as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is more in terms of the master, master classes. Um, that will basically help to prepare startup for ready for to get ready for markets as well as really getting them to help get ready to sort of do their pitch to their VCs. Um, but I think there are a lot of courses. Well, there are a lot of courses out there. Um, I think you have to be really really selective and do go to quite a bit and really see out the gems from there. Is, is there any lesson that stands out from you from a course that you've been to that you've learned that has really made an impact? I would say. Um, more in terms of really listening to, to stories, uh, case studies. This is where I actually will learn a lot more because courses tend to be really teaching you how to do, but case study actually show you how it's done. So a lot of case studies um, that I've listened to, mm. I wouldn't say maybe a specific courses, but there are some people that I do follow. Mm. Um, yeah, like for example, Scott Galloway's and be one of those people that I do follow and because I think he's got really good uh, synopsis about you know how the startup um, Space is run as well as some of the key uh, business issues that a lot of companies do face with. Another one would be um, basically Simon Sinek, and we know he's very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's actually managed to sort of um, distill really concept into very, very simple principles. So I would say I'll follow some key thought leaders rather than actually specific courses. Mm, Scott Galloway, love his work. Uh, I think he's written The Algebra of Happiness. That was a good book. Yes, and there's another one actually that I do like, which is actually uh, Dory Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoy her, her book. In fact, um, especially when it talks about basically the long game. Um, and it really taught me a lot about really thinking about, you know, in, in terms of life, you need to have like a portfolio career. So you need to think about, you know, uh, what else you, you can actually uh, leverage from your experience and your strengths. So that's another um, top leaders that I follow quite a bit as well. She writes about how personal goals need a long-term strategy. That's a great book, that one. All right, let's come back to your book, Not a Marketing Textbook. Christina Lim joining us this morning. She's going to help us understand how to think through marketing, how to set budgets. First up, Christina, what do you think are the top three tips that you share when it comes to marketing and building a business in your book? I would say it will be first, starting with the right fundamentals. 
Um, so having, it means having a good, a strong business idea. In fact, I think a lot of the time people do have ideas for products, they've got visions, but doesn't, they don't translate to a workable business idea. Mm. And a strong business idea is one that has got a pool of customers that would have the need for that and could find values in what you can deliver. And you have a product that delivers the right kind of experience. Um, so, so that's first, first tip. First, second is really knowing your customer. And I'm talking about knowing them beyond just women age 35 and above. <laughs> so don't try to reach to everyone. In fact, the thing is, uh, I just come uh, come out very often when I talk to uh, startups and a lot of companies. They say, oh, I, I really t- target everyone. But you can't really target about everyone because when you start doing that, you, you target nobody. Yeah. So always um, really invest the time to understand who you're selling to. Mm. Um, go beyond the tangible and visible my, uncover more the intangible and sublimer. So so it's about, for example, knowing how to, you know, the Ford car example and how, you know, a Ford designed the car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about knowing how to read the faster horse need mm-hmm. in your customers, right? And so, and then with that, aim your guns in the right direction and save the bullet for the best shot. Um, and one of the things that I've actually learned um, um, a lot of time in this um, couple of years, mm. it's really a lot of the time startup may have great ideas, mm-hmm. but they fail because they have poor product market fit, right? So it's about doing the right kind of job, doing the right kind of validations. And they, there are a lot of people who have actually done um, so-called validation and research, but they have not done it with the right group of people mm. or they have done it incorrectly. So, so I feel that part is very important because it goes down to really making sure that you join all the dots between what you are doing and what the consumer really, really want. That's so interesting. Doing a lot of research and testing. So it's and it last goes, but not yeah, least. Yep, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So last but not least is really, you know, grow at a calculated cost. Now, there are far too many stories of startups and even big, big ones that have been growing um, at this, you know, concept of growing at all costs. And you know that many of them, even though they're racking up huge revenue, they're still not making money. So, you know, mm-hmm. grow to calculated cost and really growing to not just buying audience, buying customers, but really looking at really partnering the right kind of people. Mm. Maybe it's a collaboration thing, you know, or even refining your product experience. Make it really frictionless. And I think not enough effort also has been done uh, in the area of really trying to um, leverage and harvest from your existing customers and mobilizing them to be your ambassadors and winning the loyalty. So I think there are a few things that can be done. In fact, I have been in situations where the budgets are not uh, um, generous, mm. but you still find a way to do it because you, know, you understand there are different triggers and buttons for growth that you can press um, without really just going out and just spending out right. That's interesting. So you talk about market fit of the product, product fit, right? People think marketing is something that has to be done after the product is completed. But basically, you're saying marketing can also inform the product. It's an iterative process that um, along the way, you find out about your consumer and then you understand the fit and then that can feed back into the product. Is that right? Yes. I think one very good example would be the Kickstarter initiative. Mm -hmm. So the Kickstarters are basically, you know, you put a product in there and you look at how many people that will be interested Love and that it. gives you immediate yeah. feedback right? that's one just one of the many ways you can do it of course other ways is really in, involving um, people using uh, playing around and, and work uh, experiencing your prototypes 
and the prototype can be easily done, right? So it's about finding the right kind of people, getting the kind of feedback, and doing the pivot from there. I always believe that when you want to get from point A to point B, and mm. uh, and and AKA you know launching products, you don't have to wait until you have a Rolls Royce. Um, start with the skateboard to test first, mm. and then you refine and say, okay, let's put in the cover, let's in shelters, and then let's create something that people will still be comfortable and prepared to fork out the money to just try that because they may not be ready to pay for a Rolls Royce. Right. And along the way, you improve. Right. It's an iterative process. What do we need to understand and keep in mind when it comes to our brand stories? So much emphasis on what is the story of your brand. What do you think we need to keep front of mind? I think it's really to um, look at how you can find places or spots that you can connect with um, the people that you want to talk to. And I feel the brand stories can be really be harvested from many, many areas. It could mm. be your perspective, your personal experience, your ideas. And all of these um, can form a connection with somebody who shares similar value together with you. And, and when you actually tell the brand story, mm-hmm. just be very authentic and make it really, really relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but also bear in mind that you need not be the only one telling your brand story. You can, of course, have to call, call brand narratives and then, you know, get somebody else to tell your stories. And it, they provide all this flavor. They provide uh, different really perspectives to how different parties see you because who you're dealing with, your scope of influences, basically... Uh, reflect who you are. And and I've actually got a pretty interesting case study um, of the work that I've done before where I've actually looked at uh, leveraging different stakeholders and, you know, uh, sphere influence to tell my story in terms of instead of me going out and just be my chest for it. So there are many, many ways to do it. All right. When it comes to the pitch, though, a lot of startups seem to falter. What do you think is key to a great pitch? I think it's first understanding um, what you really, really, um, it's proposing on your value proposition. Yeah. It all, a lot of the time when I do work with startups on uh, refining their pitches, it's really, I have to dive back to really what is your value proposition and defining mm. that. And so the value proposition at the end of the day, um, it, it works like how you would in the negotiations or even, you know, uh, making building relationships. It's about finding common ground. Finding common ground in terms of what your audience are looking for and what you can deliver and meet that need and then form the connection from there and, of course, telling a darn good story. Yeah. However, in a lot of pictures, uh, you are only given maybe seven to four to seven minutes to tell your stories. So <laughs> really, takes a lot of discipline. Do not fumble over the, the uh, especially in startup pictures, right? Do not fumble over the details of what you do, but really go down to, to the point in terms of what your investors are really looking for. So I find that really, really helpful. Well, I got to think about my audience here. And I know they're thinking, Michelle, get back to marketing. Help us with the money question. So, you know, a lot of people struggle with marketing budgets. What do they need to keep in mind when trying to build one? Okay, I think key is really um, don't think about, okay, so a lot of, um, don't think about getting from industry norms like, oh, you know, there's a lot of uh, belief that say, oh, your marketing budget has to be percentage of your sales. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, a lot of time, yes, you can calculate in that, but that's not, not always the source. Um, instead, look at look at the concept of cost per revenue dollars rather than the cost itself. Um, because 
you need to make sure that you are not uh, at the positions where you are doing a loss. Maybe at the beginning of the stage of the business when investing to enter into a market, mm-hmm. you may incur a loss, but you know that it's like an investment. Do not think of it as expense, but think of it as investment. And then, of course, start thinking from the cost per revenue dollars. So there will be times where, where we need to sort of go into, I've just quoted an example in my book where mm-hmm. I say, you know, you need to go into a new market and you do not know how much to spend. Um, and of course, you can do some benchmarking uh, in terms of what the competitions and the industries are spending. And they say, okay, it is $80 per conversion. Can you afford it? If you can't, then what else can you do? Right. So it's, this is just purely in the area of just paid marketing, right? Then you look at leveraging other uh, platform because then it may give you a make you uh, help you to make an informed decision in terms of how much you can invest in. And always, really, at the end of the day, is whatever you're spending, investing, it has to align to their business goal. Do not be caught up really with this whole um, uh, euphoria of doing marketing for the sake of doing marketing and spending the money for the sake of spending. In fact, I have conversations with a CEO of a, a public listed company, mm-hmm. and he was telling me that you know one of the challenges that he has is mm-hmm. he has marketing people that has got lots of budgets to play with, mm-hmm. but they, are, they have reached a point where it is not responsible anymore because they know they have to spend the money. Um, and so I think the beauty of working in a startup is you come from a really purist approach and say, okay, what needs to be done and I work from that. I've actually offered a few um, approach, approaches in my book uh, for, for anyone who's thinking about setting um, their own marketing budget. So that's one place to start with. Okay, I like the idea of a book like this sort of moving away from the textbook approach to marketing. So I wonder if we can break down some terms for our listeners. Like we might have all heard of marketing funnels, right? The journey Mm. that a customer goes through from prospecting to purchase. What do you have to say about marketing funnels in your book and the customer experience? Okay, marketing funnels, I think there are a lot of definitions out there. Um, It's really about the funnel because of the stages that people go through. But I think if I were to be able to simply put it, it's really about uh, really the journey, understanding the journey that your customer go through when they make the purchase decision and understand the needs and the frame of mind um, at different stages and learning how to build good connections all the way. Right? Mm-hmm. So keep them engaged, keep them interested. And, and you can actually be really, really effective and efficient by understanding how to work those knots. So simply put, that would be my explanation of funnel. And, and of course, there are many different concepts like the five wheels and growth loop and, and you know, many different terminology. But at the end of the day, it's really about understanding how people make decisions. And that's why I really love psychology as well. Because <laughs> it helps me to think about how to think. It helps you think about how to think. How other people think, how, how other they feel, think. how they act, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah, marketing. And yourself as well, yourself as well. It's kind of introspective process. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. All right, here, here comes uh, the best part of the interview where we ask you to hashtag read it forward. So we always ask authors to share a title that has made a difference in their lives. Is there a book that you've read that's made a difference for you? Yes, there is one uh, that always comes to mind. Something that I've read uh, over 20 years ago is really this book, Tuesday with Maury by Mitch Albom. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh. So this book is, yeah, filled with, I love this book and I'm, I've done multiple reads on this book because it's filled with, uh, you know, a lot of valuable life stories um, in there. And among some of the favorite ones that I think I've applied it in the course of my work as well is really being present and living in the moment, right? Mm. Um, another one's really, you know, about saying goodbye and letting go. And, and I apply that in, in, in really 
my my life, you know, uh, with respect to my family, my my coworkers, the people I I I basically hang around with, and and really thinking about being present all the time. And it also makes think, me think about the legacies that I can leave behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so being very purposeful about really impacting other people's lives in a positive way. Wow, I didn't expect that. I thought you'd share a book on marketing, but Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album is really a great it, book on life lessons, isn't it? It works for marketing as well, Michelle. It's about being present, right? You need to be present and, and living in the moment in the shoes of your customers. <laughs> key uh, key lesson I suppose for marketeers alright before we let you go is there any final gift you'd like to share with our listeners from your book so that they can make money decisions and marketing decisions a little smarter I think I would say really you know understand the real needs um, really do a lot more thinking before mm. you jump into the doing so I would say stop doing marketing but start thinking about how you drive business. Love that, love that. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Christina, and all the best for your book. Thank you, Michelle. Lovely chat, yeah. Christina Lim is the author of Not a Marketing Textbook. I hope we've helped you think through the decisions that you have to make when it comes to throwing money at your marketing budgets today here on Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.